Well, good morning, Grand Prairie Alliance Church. And here we are again in this very uncomfortable kind of season that we uh, again have to walk into. And uh, some of you are probably glad and some of you are probably mad. And I just want to encourage you uh, this morning that wherever your heart's at right now, can I ask you to turn your emotion into prayer? Would you pray that um, this would be the end, like this two or three week lockdown, whatever it is, that it would be the end. Uh, because if you saw my post yesterday on Facebook, I really do believe that God's church, the people need to be together. We do not reach maturity and faith without one another. And so kind of be watching, we've been kind of brainstorming how we can kind of keep that fellowship, that iron sharpens iron, that testimony of transformation, change hearts, change lives going. And so kind of watching the next week as we try to put some stuff together and that would be really great. Just a reminder too that the Mother's Day giveaway, uh, you still have a little bit of time to share a special memory of a mom that you would like to encourage with uh, putting her name in the draw. And There's five baskets to be given away. We will be doing the draw about two o'clock today but the chat feature, if you're watching this after, I will say after about 10.30, the chat feature won't work anymore. So hopefully you can get online before that and write the name in the chat and we will draw the names out at around two o'clock today. I also wanted to inform you or let you know that this last week after the announcement was made by our government that we would go to online only again, that our elders decided they wanted to meet for a time of prayer on Thursday. And so we began our, our time together with 20 minutes of hearing God. And if that doesn't make sense to you, I hope and encourage you to maybe go through some of our hearing God training this fall that we'll be doing. But we heard God for 20 minutes and we came out with that statement that was emailed out, I think on Friday. I wanna point out one item in that statement. The one item said we would not stop doing what God called us to do as a church. I want to assure you the elders to a man said we will not stop being the church. And so be assured, be excited that we as a church are going to keep pushing and moving ahead. And so we're going to creatively do it in this season. And so pray for us, pray for the elders, pray for the staff. And let's pray right now for the service. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, I just pray, especially for moms today, that you would encourage them, you would lift them up. They would feel your presence, your, your holiness. And more than anything, as we end the service, would they feel your peace that passeth all understanding? Oh God, thank you for mothers. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. The other day I was driving, I have a little two-seater convertible car. It's really old. Uh, in fact, I was, somebody drove up to me the other day and said, that must be really expensive. I said, no, actually it wasn't. It was really old. But I was driving my little convertible and I was kind of propelled back to this 1960s. And yeah, I, I don't look that old, right? But anyway, I, I was propelled back 1960s. My mom had a convertible. And us, there was five kids in my family, and there was no seatbelt laws, I'll say that first. We would sit up 
and stand up in the back seat and sit on the back of the back seat with the top down. And we would all be driving on the highway with our hands up in the air. And uh, I will also tell you, my mom had her hands up in the air and I probably should mention she was sort of driving the car. But it was such a memory. I, I actually was overwhelmed with love for my mom. I, I miss her desperately. She passed away a few years ago. Uh, she was a character would be the best way to describe her. And growing up with her as my mom was spectacular. So that memory, it, it lingered with me for days. Just being able to think about the goodness of my mom. And today I, of course, want to help moms that are in this pandemic, that are in this difficult time, whether you're taking care of a newborn baby or a toddler or maybe a, a 8, 9, 10, 11-year-old and you're trying to homeschool and they don't really want to sit there and do that, or a teenager, I mean, that would be a real challenge. Or, or maybe you have grown children and it has been really, you haven't seen them for a long time. I want this sermon to be for you. It isn't that the rest of you won't get something, but I want this sermon to be for moms. And so I was thinking and I was praying this uh, last couple of weeks and uh, usually I sit down with God and uh, I ask him, what do you want? And this is what I heard. I heard it needs to be a short sermon, which is unusual for me, and it needs to be encouraging. Now I want to admit it was my wife who said those words, but maybe you're like me and your spouse is the Holy Spirit to you very often uh, because sometimes they seem to be able to hear thoughts because of my proclivity as a man to always want to fix things and figure things out. My wife often hears where I don't. And so I thought, hey, great idea. So, <coughs> excuse me. So what I did is I began going, okay, God, so what would be an encouraging message? And I thought, well, you know what? benedictions at the end of the sermon, there's a number of them, probably 20 or 30 of them in the Bible, uh, different Bible passages, and they generally are characterized by being really encouraging, really uplifting, kind of like, okay, here's the end of the sermon, uh, go out and be happy and be encouraged, God's with you kind of stuff. So I began to look through for some benedictions, and I kept getting stuck on numbers, and uh, you probably are very, very familiar if you've been in church very long. I got stuck on Numbers 11. And uh, Numbers 11 is, you know, the Lord bless thee and keep thee, the Lord make his face shine upon thee. That's that passage. And I started thinking about it and uh, thought, well, that's just incredible. So turn in your Bibles to Numbers chapter 6, verse 24. And, and I want to give you some background first. And I want you to understand that this benediction is kind of written about halfway through or one-third the way through Israel going through really difficult times. I mean, they're, they're wandering in the wilderness. They're, they're going from Egypt to the Promised Land. And, and what should have just been a few years, or some say they could even have done it in months, turned into 40 years. And so this was an incredible journey. And I just want to highlight, just before I read the benediction, I want to highlight some of the stuff going on that you can learn if you read all of the book of Numbers on the journey of the Israelites. First and foremost, I'm just going to kind of point out three things. If you were to read Numbers, cover to cover, you would find out that complaining is bad. <laughs> you might remember in Numbers chapter 11, and that's why I got confused earlier with where it is instead of number 6. Numbers chapter 11, 
In Numbers 11, God got very angry in verse 10. And then a few verses later, he goes from angry to burning anger against the people in verse 33. And then they're complaining in chapter 12, moving along, led to sickness with the Israelites. It led to rebellion in chapter 16, and it led to death. Nothing good came of complaining. In fact, if you were to read the context or the text, you would discover that only two people didn't experience death before the promised land because of their complaining and their bad attitude. The other thing you'd find in Numbers is faith is good. Now, referring back to the two that lived, Joshua and Caleb, Joshua and Caleb, of course, went with 12 spies into the promised land. I mean, they were right on the cusp. They were right on the edge of their journey being over. And so the spies go in, they come out, and they give their reports. Ten spies, you probably remember the kid's song, ten spies were just like, it's awful, they're giants, we'll never be able to do it. And Joshua and Caleb, they'll go, no, it, it is a land flowing of milk and honey. It, it's incredible. God has given this to us. And that complaining attitude, that lack of faith, that lack of hearing God for direction and purpose led lots of them, an entire generation, to pass away until they went into the promised land. The other and last thing that you can find if you were to read the book of uh, Numbers as they were going through their journey, I mean, lots of good stuff to learn for ourselves. You would find that leadership is tough. In fact, I, as a pastor, often read the book of Numbers if I'm discouraged. Uh, many pastors have been encouraged uh, reading Moses' leadership trials. Remember when Moses, in anger, hit the rock instead of calling on God for water? And you can read that in Numbers chapter 20. And, and it's funny, or, or even the story where the people wanted to eat meat. They'd just been eating manna, this beautiful bread from heaven that tasted heavenly, but they got tired of it, sounds like us, and they wanted meat. And this is my favorite text in that passage is God says to Moses, I mean, Moses is going, why did you give me these people? I can't handle them. I don't want to lead them anymore. And God says, they want meat. I'm going to give them so much meat, it's going to come out of their nostrils. I love reading it. It just, just makes me kind of laugh. And I go, if you don't think God has a sense of humor, he absolutely does. And so leading can be tough. And I want to say during the pandemic, moms, this has been a tough time leading. I, I can't think of whether you're a politician or a leader of a company or owner of a restaurant or, or even leading an oil company that this time, this season is so full of unknowns, so full of I don't know what, so full of twists and turns. I can tell you that Pastors, by the way, when they poll us, about 20% always want to leave ministry. Right now, it's like 80%. And I think that's across the board. We have our, our Grand Prairie mayor step down, the Calgary mayor is stepping down. And I think we're going to see a lot of more casualties as this thing wears to an end. Leadership is tough. The book of Numbers is really good at that. So you need to have that kind of background in your mind as we read this benediction. Well, we call it a benediction, but it really was kind of midway through the journey for the Israelites, for God to say to them, listen up, this is going to be tough, but I want you to know this. I want you to hear this. So let me read Numbers chapter 6, verse 24. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face 
shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turned his face toward you. Listen to this. And give you peace. Now, I found six nuggets out of that. And of course, I'm a preacher. I'm going to find either a three-point, four-point, in this case, a six-point sermon. But it's going to be short. I promised a short sermon. The very first thing God says to the Israelites and to you, especially you moms, and all those in a tough season right now, the Lord wants to bless you and keep you. Being blessed by God is a huge ramification the most powerful being in the universe that actually is why we exist, why everything around us is happening, why the seasons have seasons, is because of God. That God, that most powerful being, wants to bless you. Now Israel, when they're complaining, when they're going through tough times, rather than seeing this you know, beautiful fire-by-day pillar and this, this pillar of smoke at night or whatever that led them in the wilderness, rather than going, oh man, God's with us, he's, he's helping us, he's, you know, and they get this bread from it, they, they just get so ah, bored and caught up and they forget that God is the one with them and leading them, the creator of the universe. We need to and we must get that into our mind. Secondly, God says that he will shine his face upon you. There's a bit of intimacy implied in this text. God doesn't just want to bless you from afar. He actually wants to look at you and, and shine his face upon you. I mean, literally for the uh, Israelites, this was a real sense of, I am in the presence of the king of kings. And God is going to be there. He's going to see what's going on, the big picture, the, 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 the from afar, and the up close kind of stuff. And it's going to be incredible. I have a little story to help you get this. Every month, Martin's parents took a trip to see Grandma and came home on the same train the next day. One day, the child said to his parents, I'm already growing up. Can I go to my grandma's alone? After a brief discussion, his parents accepted. They stood with him as he waited for the train to exit. They said goodbye to their son and gave him some tips through the window. Martin repeated them back. I know, I've been told this more than a thousand times, all these important tips. As the train was about to leave, his father murmured into his ear, Son, if you feel bad or insecure, for this is for you. And he tucked a little piece of paper into his pocket. Now Martin was alone, sitting on the train as he had wanted, without his parents for the first time. He was admiring the landscape out of the window. Around him, some unknowns pushed themselves in. They made a lot of noise. They, they got in and out of the train car. The conductor made some comments about him being alone. One person looked at him with, with eyes of sadness and sorrow. Martin was feeling more uneasy with every minute that passed. And now he was scared. He felt cornered and alone. He put his head down and with tears in his eyes, he remembered that his dad had put something in his pocket. Trembling, he searched for what his father had given him. Upon finding the piece of paper, he read it. And these are the words it said, Son, I'm in the last car on this train. 
Now, this idea of God's face shining upon you, moms, God, leaders, God, even anybody that might be struggling right now, or you might be on cloud nine, God is with you. He's on this train of life. He is there ready, his face to shine upon you. Thirdly, this text says, God says he will be gracious to you. Now, I hope you know that in Jesus, when Christ died on that cross, when you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you and you said, I'm a sinner, I'm fallen, I'm broken, and I need a cleansing, I need a purification. That was something you didn't deserve. You didn't deserve forgiveness. You didn't deserve reconciliation to God. But God is gracious to you. And you think, reading through the book of Numbers, oh my, God was so gracious to Israel. They complained, they whined, they, they wanted meat. He gave them meat. He was gracious, and God wants to be gracious with you. And fourthly, God says his face will be not just shining on you, not just looking towards you, but his face will turn to you, specifically you. I mean, there is so much intimacy packed in that statement. God is kind of scanning the horizon. You're under his face. You're under his God. You're receiving his graciousness. But it's more than that. God actually turns his face towards you. This is such a powerful picture of not just blessing, but of intimacy. (laughs) Now, I have two daughters with children. And in fact, one of my granddaughters, sons the other day said pop why are you always staring at me because I just marvel at watching mom and dad react and interact with their kids and here's something I've observed with both my daughter Kylie and my daughter Shailen often the children they they're still quite little they're kind of toddlers to six seven years old and they're really little but sometimes they get really scared and they'll say mom and they'll look over to their mom And if their mom's a little distracted for this or that, you know, she's busy doing something, mom, they cry out again. But eventually, I've noticed whether it's my daughter, Shayna, or Kylie, they turn their face towards their kid. Oh, it even gets more exciting than this as I observe my grandchildren. Sometime they're building this Lego, this, this thing that they think is an unbelievable masterpiece, and they cry out, mom, mom, look at this. And mom turns her face towards the children. You see, this is what our God is. He is so intimate. He is so loving. Whatever you're in, wherever you're excited, on you're scared, he will turn his face towards you. He wants to walk with you. He wants to minister to you. Understand that God loves you and really, really wants to be close to you. He wants to talk to you and you to him. Fifthly and finally, God says that he will give you peace. Here's a little bit of a life lesson I've learned. And I did kind of rub it off or share it with a few other people to see if it's just my experience. But when my life comes unglued, I go into fix-it mode or I go into wail mode. I'm just going to cry and complain and just curl into a ball. I want you to understand this is going to be the toughest thing you do in your whole life. God's peace, it's there. He wants you to have it. But there's one little catch. God is a gentleman. And he's never going to force on you his peace. 
He never forces his salvation on anybody. God believes so much. He created us in the image of God. God created us with free will. We can choose and think, and he will never force his peace on you. And what you need to do when you're wallowing, when you're whining, when you're complaining, when you're excited about the Lego creation you've just made, you need to look up to God. And he will turn his face to you, and he will give you his peace. And this is a tough thing to do, really tough. Philippians chapter four, oh, it's such a, if you've ever heard anybody got a Philippians for it. Well, this passage, so it says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. I, I mean, it's sort of this, um, okay, smarten up, people. Rejoice in the Lord. Like, turn your head towards, his face is turning towards you. Turn your face towards, call out, cry out to God. Rejoice in the Lord. Say, hey God, I, you are so incredible. You're leading me, you're guiding me. And then the passage goes on to say, do not be anxious about anything, but every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Listen to this. So you've got it. You rejoice in the Lord always. You turn your face towards him and then you go, okay God, here's where I'm at. Here's what I'm struggling with. Here's my anxiety, here's my stress, here's my problem, here's my joy. And then just say, thank you God for hearing me. Thank you God for being in my life. And verse seven, here it comes. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. <laughs> This is such beautiful truth. The peace of God will get you through whatever you need to get through. But you need to go access it. I want to finish with just a, a little Mother's Day blessing by Susie Larson. I want to read this to you, especially to you moms. Listen carefully. Dear Mama, you are the unsung hero in our lives. Though you've spent countless moments behind the scenes, wiping noses, catching tears, washing dishes, and calming fears, you've not gone unnoticed by God. He sees, he loves you, and he remembers every sacrifice, your heart to love and to give and to pray and to live. What's true is a reflection of God's heart for you. And for the mom whose heart is broken today, know this, Jesus is especially near. He's close to the brokenhearted. He's not finished with your story yet. He can reveal, heal, correct, and redirect, and he will when the time is right. Reset your weary heart and entrust your cares and your story to Jesus. You're not alone. You're profoundly loved. Blessings on your day, dear sweet mamas. So just in conclusion, I think all of us, now this is moms, you can, well everybody has a mom or is a mom. God demands we honor our moms. I mean, there's an Old Testament passage and a New Testament passage. They both say, honor your father and mother. So today, it's a pandemic you can at least do some kind of video call to your mom and just spend time saying something lovely, something beautiful to them. Maybe, and, and here's a real, I, I think everybody has skipped the dishes or some other, uh, send a meal over to their house. 
I mean, our, our church staff have been doing that a bit to people in the church and to each other, sending meals just to say, hey, I love you. See, there's lots of ways we can still interact. So do this to your mom. Send her flowers. Send her. I mean, it's a little more expensive. I get that. But, but just love on your moms today. Uh, make that video call. Maybe your mom's gone like my mom is. And with that, I just focus on the moms around me, like my wife, who's a mom, my daughters, who are moms. And I, yeah, I, I, I already, by the way, last night had some tears thinking about Mother's Day. And maybe your mom is still alive, but she's got a lot of soul wounds that make it really tough to have a relationship with her. And maybe she's not in your life. But again, instead of being mad, <laughs> turn it into prayer. Turn it into blessing for others. And just say, oh, I, I don't have the mom I wished I had, but I'm going to be that encourager to the moms that I love. And finally, moms, whatever happens today, God wants to bless you and be close to you. I know sometimes things are tough. Sometimes the baby keeps you up all night or the toddler climbs into your bed over and over or the teenager, oh man. Uh, I always say to people, when your kids are little, they're physically exhausting. Teenagers are emotionally exhausting. No slam teenagers if you're watching. Someday you'll understand what we mean, but teenagers can be emotionally exhausting. Oh, but then your kids grow up and you wear out your knees praying for them because you can't fix them. I mean, when they're little toddlers, they get an hour, you can put a Band-Aid on. When, when they're adults and their spouse leaves them or they lose their job or they, you know, they, it's hard to fix that. And so we just pray. And so moms, moms, just be encouraged. And this especially is how I want to end this service. I want moms to hear this very carefully. And I going to end with the benediction that I've been preaching through. And I think you understand a little deeper now. And I, I want not just moms, but everybody to comprehend this, the presence and the power and the intimacy of God. Listen to this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Let me end in prayer. Heavenly Father, oh God, you died on the cross so that we could be reconciled. That's how much you loved us. And, and this passage, it talks about blessings on us. It talks about your face, your presence shining on us. It, it talks about your face turning towards us. You, you want to hear us. You want to be there with us. And, and more than anything, you want to give us peace. Oh God, would, would peace fall upon our land? Would peace fall upon our nation? Oh God, there's so much upsetness, so much complaining, so much angst, so much hurt, so much disappointment, so much uh, oh, people losing jobs, uh, marriage breakdowns. It's just it, mental illness, whatever it is. Oh God, oh God, please send your peace. And, and God, may we turn our faces to you. May we reach out to you. May we receive. May we accept. May we take in your peace. And so God, anybody out there in this uh, internet land, would they experience your peace? Let them, let them rise up their arms. Let them open their eyes up to you. And may they experience your peace 
In Jesus Christ's name, amen. And normally I end the service with fellowship in peace, and I will say that fellowship in peace with your mom especially, and God bless you this week. We'll see you next week.